0: Agni here, welcoming you to edition number 11 of Joe vs. the World. My guest today needs minimal introduction. He's the writer of the Figure Four Weekly, co-author of The Death of WCW, host of Figure Four Daily Radio Show, and the driving force behind F4WOnline.com, Mr. Brian Alvarez. Brian, how you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I want to thank you for being on. It's kind of an unwritten rule that all radio show hosts have to have every other radio show host on their show.
1: I'm actually having Brian Fritz on today, so that's entirely accurate.
0: That's true, and I had Dr. Keith on a few weeks ago, and he's been on your show, you've been on his show. He did a show with Adam and Mike, who have their own show, and they were on your show, and you can really do a flow chart for everyone. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, we had Vince Verheye on the show a couple months back.
1: That right there is terrifying, actually.
0: He's actually been our most popular guest. Really? I'm hoping we can break that record today, and I'm sure you uh, hold if that. If we don't, well. I may quit the website,
1: so... Um. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, we talked to him about his wrestling career, and uh figured I'd ask you a few questions about yours. You were okay. a, a professional wrestler, of course. People may not be aware of this because you were in the Pacific Northwest, which is kind of its own little dimension.
1: Yeah, we actually have a friend in Ohio Valley, and he refers to it out here as the island. It's <laughs> sort of... There's wrestling, but I mean, it's, it's not... I, actually, lately, I guess, you know, Jack Evans is from around here, and, and Davey Richards, so... There actually are guys that are sort of coming from this area now, but before that, it was just, you know, nobody ever heard of it. There was not really a whole lot going on. Totally different from, like, the East Coast scene and even, like, the, uh, the California scene. So,
0: yeah, little island out here. Uh, so how did you get into it? I know you ran the, the Youth Wrestling League, but was it something you just kind of fell into? I was not a fan, really, growing
1: up, at least when I was really, really young. And my grandmother, my sister was a fan. Sort of. She watched Hulk and that sort of thing. But my grandmother, who had lived in Blackfoot, Idaho, she was Mexican, she didn't speak any English. And my grandfather moved to Mexico. She didn't want to go, so she ended up coming up and living with us. So we we couldn't really communicate, but every now and then she'd be watching TV and she would just say, Lucha. And I was like, I don't know what the hell that means. So I asked my dad, and he's like, well, uh, that means wrestling. And I was like, oh, great. Got now two people in this house now that watch wrestling. So I turned on the wrestling for her, and, and, you know, she was my grandmother, and we couldn't communicate, so we just sort of sat with each other. And I'd sit there sometimes and watch wrestling with her. And one day, I was watching The Ultimate Warrior versus Dino Bravo. And at the time, I was in probably like seventh grade, mm-hmm. and we'd just done shirts and skins basketball. And I had to be on the skins team. And I was deathly skinny ungodly skinny, and I felt like a fool. So my dad owned a defense company, and this dude named Wes lived, I believe he lived in the shed out behind our house, and he had a barbell there. So I would go in there after school, and I would do curls, because I figured, you know, I need to lift weights so I'm not the skinniest geek when we play shirts and skins basketball. So anyway, I was watching The Ultimate Warrior, and I thought, my God, that guy's huge. Mm-hmm. So I thought, if I keep working out, I may end up looking like the ultimate warrior. Hmm. So I ended up starting to watch more wrestling because I was like, you know, obviously this guy does more than curls, this sort of thing. So pretty soon I, w- I was watching it every week and I sort of got hooked on it. And of course, since I was like 14, the next step, of course, is your own backyard group. Mm-hmm. So we started that up. It was the Youth Wrestling Federation. The participants were like myself, my sister, and then... Eventually we added some more local people from the neighborhood, some friends of mine from school, and it sort of grew into something much, much larger, and eventually we had like public access TV every week, like two straight years we had weekly TV, half hour, just matches. I worked at a gymnastics facility, so we ended up being able to use their spring floor, so I learned flat back bumps and everything like that, so we pretty much had a pretty big circuit going, and... You know, I still hear from people nowadays that remember the show. So that was pretty much how the whole thing began.
0: And you just followed through that and got trained and decided to be, uh, become a pro?
1: Well, I, I did that, and then the whole thing sort of went under for insurance purposes. And so I started the newsletter because we had sort of a, I guess you could call it a fan club newsletter, but it told people when the upcoming shows were going to be and that sort of thing. So I had that, and I basically said, okay, if you... All of you that are still getting this, if you want to continue getting it, you're going to have to pay, and it will no longer be about the YWS, since there is no more YWF, it'll be about WWF, WCW, that sort of thing. I had no idea what I was doing. I I'd read a Pro Wrestling Illustrated weekly and decided I could do better, which I was wrong. I was very wrong very early on, but had never seen an observer, didn't see a torch until I'd actually already done a couple of issues, and... I think 33 people or something like that uh, said, sure, we'll pay, so I had 33 people to start with and it kind of grew from there, but it, it was mostly the newsletter for a while and then I did a little bit of training and, and I did a little bit of refereeing work, but I never was really formally trained. My first match, you know, the, the all of my training consisted of I went to the school with a bunch of guys and they showed me tackle drop down and basic stuff like that, but... I didn't really, you know, it was all self-taught and that sort of thing. And then really the only guy that showed me, I guess, everything that I was missing, which was a lot, was Buddy Wayne. I I sort of, I I was small, he was small, and we were all working up in Cloverdale for Tim Flowers, and he needed somebody to go to Oregon with him to work. And I was a small guy that could do flips, because I'd been a gymnast, and so he chose me, and the rest is history.
0: Now, did you ever think that, uh, was this just something you did for fun, or did you think you're going to go to the WWF someday? or I think when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, someday I'll be the WWE champion
1: or WWF champion. But then as I got a little older, it was mostly, it was during, I don't think when we were doing the backyard stuff, I ever really thought there was a chance of going to WWE. I thought maybe there was a chance of making our thing bigger, but I don't really think I had any aspirations then. And then once I started writing the newsletter and learning more about the business, that was when I was like, okay, <laughs> one thing I do know is I will never go to the WWF and I was uh contacted actually um in like the mid-90s when WCW was starting the cruiserweight division by somebody in WCW and um I didn't really follow up on this <laughs> basically so I, th- I sort of knew that that was not going to be the path that I was going to take so you know it was fun doing the backyard stuff and it was fun doing any dates but I'm I think I was just more of a writer than an athlete basically
0: And uh, what did your family think of all this? I mean, they
1: were, they were, my family's always been very supportive, just, I mean, their whole thing was, I I never, when I was growing up, I never had a curfew, I never had really any restrictions placed on me, like, my father would go, are you coming home tonight, and I was like 14, so of course I'm coming home tonight, I live here, but, you know, that's just how the family was, and as a result, I didn't really get in any trouble, because, you know... I, I think a lot of kids, when they get in trouble, there's some rebellion there. But I had nothing to rebel against. I, I would be rebelling against freedom. So I, I just, you know, I, I did wrestling. and They're like, oh, that's cool. And whenever we did shows, they'd show up and that sort of thing. And they were just like, whatever you do, just don't do anything too stupid. And I never really did until actually I was much older. And then the real stupid stuff happened. But I was long since moved out. So.
0: And uh, why did you stop? And did you have a uh, retirement match, like a big event?
1: I was wrestling for a long time, and I had the hair match with Vince, and I joke about it all the time, but it's really true. That was the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. It was just so bad, and I, I wanted it to be something really cool, and it just it just didn't work out, basically. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it, I was just sort of like, you know, this really isn't fun anymore. I mean, it was to the point where I, I was spoiled by working with Buddy Wayne because he's just so great. Mm-hmm. And working with him was like a dream. And there were a couple of other guys, obviously, like Richie Magn and Ed Moretti, and, and the real veterans, but it got to the point where I was spoiled so that when I was not working with them, it was like, okay, I've either got to... Uh, um, it was just hard, basically. And, you know, you would work really hard, and you would try and have a good match, and, and a lot of the guys just, you know, had no experience whatsoever, and it just you, know, you just did the best you could. And when I couldn't have matches with Buddy and Richie and, and, and Ed every night, it was just sort of like the fun has gone out of this. I became, I mean, I wasn't even really like a grizzled veteran. I never went on the road. I never worked six days a week for eight years. But I was still like just bitter, I guess is the best word. Like a bitter veteran who, who didn't deserve to be. But so I sort of just was like, well, you know, think it's about time to wrap this whole thing up. When I would get to the building and it would just be like, I, I, I'm, I'm happy here because I see everybody and that's a lot of fun, but now I've got to actually put my gear on. And then later I've actually got to get in the ring and do a match. When I was dreading that, I was like, well, it's over now. I'm finished. So that was pretty much it. I, I didn't really have a formal retirement match. I just I, I, I was working for PMPW in, in Oregon and I went up to Richie and I said, I'm going to be done in... July or, or June, or may I don't even remember what it was, but I was the TV champion, and so he said, well, okay, we'll, we'll do two more matches, and then and then uh, I'll win the championship from you, and that will be the end. And that was the end. So I lost to Richie Magnet. That was pretty much the retirement match. Nobody knew. Uh, there was no sort of announcement or anything like that. I just did the match, and then i have never been back.
0: That's a lot better than Vince's uh, retirement story, where he, he I think he, he had a bad match, he got into a fight with the guy backstage, and then he just quit.
1: Yeah, I you know, the funny thing is, he never told me this story, Wow! and I found out about it later and actually asked him about it, because I either read a transcript, or I heard him, it may have actually been the interview on your show, but oh. I was like, um, I never heard this story, Vince, what exactly happened? He's like, oh, all this, that, and the other thing, so, no, he never told me, so, huh. yeah, that was interesting. So I, I figure he must have felt he, he sort of came out of it looking like a fool, which is why he never made any mention of it whatsoever, but... Yeah, I certainly did not go out like that.
0: Oh, that's good. Do you have any moment in your career where it's like that was the peak? That was the
1: peak. <laughs> I don't think I've really had any of those moments. <laughs> I mean, I, I think like the peaks would just be whenever I went out and had a really good match with Buddy Wayne. I would mm-hmm. just be like, uh, "This is great. I, I could do this every night." But you know, he he sort of he had the back injury and he was out for a long time, and it was just all the all the really good guys were starting to disappear, and once that happened, I was just like, I could go out and try and have a good match with Mr. Sexy uh, for six straight months, but I think I'd rather not, so
0: that was that. Did you ever get wistful for the old days? You know, maybe pull out a DVD and watch your matches, or give me I thoughts. actually have
1: not watched any matches of mine in years, and I actually don't even have DVDs of my career in my own house. So um, Tony's got them all. So when people order them, they don't even come from here. But I-, I think that sometimes I'll watch a match like a Shawn Michaels-Hunter match or a Shawn Michaels-Rick Flair match or even that DX thing that ended up on YouTube where it was like Hunter and Shawn versus Spirit Squad where they were just doing wacky comedy or Lucha. I'll watch some great Lucha and I'll think, you know, that was fun. But then I realized that I'm not going to be working with DX or Ric Flair or Shawn Michaels or doing Lucha. So that very quickly goes all out the window. And and I I always, you know, I have no desire to come back, like none. But I always, since since the day I had the last match, I've always sort of figured I'll probably have some sort of closing match at some point down the road. Mm -hmm. And we always joked it would be like me and Buddy versus Vince and our other buddy Craig in like, a retirement match where we all get pinned or something like that, or we all suffer a heart attack or something in the match, and all of our careers end at the same time. We've always discussed something like that, but I don't know if it'll ever happen. But I'm sure someday I will have that final match, but I'm certainly not, uh, not training for it or yearning for it or anything like that.
0: All right. Last question about being a wrestler. I, I know on the message board uh, a few days ago you were debating the merits of Chris Masters. And do you ever just want to pull the you know, hey, I was a wrestler. I know these things. Card on people when you get actually B3. that thread is a year old. Believe it really? or not,
1: somebody oh, dr- somebody drug it up after a year. Yeah, they bumped it. But uh yeah, we were we were arguing about Chris Masters a year ago, and <laughs> you know, Chris Masters improved. But I stand by what I said a year ago. I've never really had that whole deal because. You know, if I list the people that I've learned the most about wrestling from, it would be Buddy Wayne and Dave Meltzer. And Dave's never taken a bump in his life, and he never will. And, you know, when we watch matches, we most most of the time agree. I, I'll, I'll get the Observer and I'll look at the star ratings, and they'll be remarkably similar to my own. And obviously we didn't discuss this uh, in advance or anything like that, but, you know, we agree on this stuff. And I don't think, I've never been one of those people that thinks, you can't grade good wrestling unless you've been a wrestler. I mean, there's certain things that that you can you can judge a little bit differently because you've been in there. But as far as like match quality, I would never say. Listen, I've been a wrestler, and Chris Masters sucks. <laughs> um, so.
0: All right. Well, moving along, you uh, now head up f4wonline.com, which has been a a big success. And I was thinking about this the other day, and you you've kind of created your own. Your own sitcom in audio form. I mean, there's, there's you, there's your best friend Vince, your brother-in-law Tony, your grandmother, Buddy Wayne is the mentor, Brent is whatever he is. Do you ever just stop and think it's just kind of weird? You know,
1: today, actually, I was just driving back from the post office. Every now and then this happens. I'll drive back from the post office and I'll just think, what in the hell is this all? I mean, sometimes it's just like... I mean, the Brian and Vinny show seems to be extremely popular. I guess it really depends on the show. Some shows are more popular than others. But sometimes I just wonder why, you know what I mean? And and the, the the show this past Tuesday was a perfect example. Vince and I did this show, and throughout the show we just both knew, my God, this show sucks. And I made the comment near the end, has this show jumped the shark? and it's a cliche and everything like that, but every day I think this is the day that this show's going to... Actually, it's more this is the day everyone's going to figure out this show long ago, Jump the Shark. But, you know, people seem to enjoy the show, and and we always wonder, why? What do people want? I, I don't have a good answer for it, because, you know, we have shows we hate that people love. We have shows we think that are actually really good that people don't necessarily think are any good at all, And I just, I, the only thing that, that I could think, I, I sort of, what I was thinking in the the car today was, it's sort of a reality show, but it's different from other reality shows because there's actually a lot of, there's a lot of reality there. Obviously, you know, sometimes I, I yell at Vince and I'm turning it up a notch, but, you know, nine, nine, actually probably 99 times out of 100, when, when he says something on the show and I am annoyed, I am legitimately annoyed. And I think just the thing is that, that it's just, it gives people a glimpse of just, I don't know, two people that get very annoyed at each other very easily, and uh, we have not killed each other yet. But I, I, many times I think about it, and just I don't really understand.
0: What about the fact that pretty much everything you s- that gets recorded is edited and turned into a song that, that makes you out to be a homosexual? <laughs> that I
1: don't mind, because <laughs> I, I just... I, I, you know, I, I've spent 11 years making fun of people. I've called the big show fat. I've called Chris Masters a horrible worker. I've, I've made fun of everybody in this business. And really, I, first off, I, I would feel very hypocritical if I, if I got angry at somebody making a drop, making fun of me, or making fun of Vince, which is why sometimes the board, one of the things on the board that irritates me is sometimes people get upset because somebody's making fun of somebody else on the board, And I just think, you know what, Um, I get made fun of more than all of you on this board put together. Mm. And everybody actually knows who I am. And a lot of people on the board are nothing but letters on a computer screen. And to get angry about that, I don't know, there's something, it, it just sort of hits me like, why? How can this possibly make you angry? It's somebody you don't know, you'll probably never meet, who may just be doing this to get a rise out of you. And here I am, a person that uh, everybody, I, I'm not hard to find. I don't, you know, uh, my picture's on the website, and, and people make fun of me all the time, and it's just like, I don't know. I, I just figure I can't i can't get angry about it, and when people get angry about lesser stuff, I, I sort of find it funny. So,
0: yeah, I have no problem with it, really. Wow.
1: Plus, you know, I, I spent so many years with Buddy Wayne that I've, I've taken far worse.
0: I, I guess so. Far worse. I guess so. Well, I, I think when people come on the show, I, I like to ask them what wrestling they watch. But you watch everything. Yeah. So I'll I'll put it to you this way: If there was no uh, Figure Four Weekly, and uh, you were you work for the post office, or you were a piano mover, or wrote for a fishing magazine, what would you? I'd choose be dead to by watch? now, but well, but gone. What would you choose to watch then?
1: I you know I can't answer that question because it's it's I I guess. I'll answer the question if today it all ended and all of a sudden everybody just canceled on the same day and the whole thing just went kaput. I think I'd probably just... I don't even really know that answer. I I think I'd just TiVo everything and I'd watch... I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that question. It's hard to answer because I watch so much stuff that it puts me in a mood of if this all ended today, I'd never watch wrestling again. But I know that's a lie. And I've also, in 11 years, never been put in a position where, uh, for a long period of time, I've not had to watch any wrestling. I've been watching a ton of wrestling nonstop now for 11 years. And if next week I watch none, I have no idea how I'd react. I, I, I For all I know, I, I, could, um, I could just stop entirely and never look back.
0: But maybe I couldn't. I, I don't know. Uh, does having to watch wrestling take away from the enjoyment of it, even if it's good? I, I just remember when I had Mike Coughlin on, I had to watch like four hours of UFC in one night, and, and it was enjoyable, but I was rushing through it at the same time, and I was wondering if you felt the same.
1: When it's good, no. In fact, I, I, I've explained this on the show a couple of times, but basically, I want to see either real good wrestling, whether that be actually good in-ring product or funny skids or something like that. I don't want to see anything something that's really good or really bad. When it's just there, that's the stuff that kills me. That stuff, like just a boring show, can be the longest two hours of my life because I'm sure I've got some sort of disorder. I don't know, ADHD or whatever the hell you call it, but my attention span, a two-hour show can seem like nine hours. A lot of the TNA shows, some of the old TNA shows, oh my God, those are like weekends. That I've watched just a two-hour pay-per-view. But when it's good, you know, I'm totally fine. Whenever it's really good, or when it's like the Diva Search thing on Monday that was (laughs) so bad, that stuff I have no problem with. It's just the generic shows that are the ones that kill me.
0: Yeah. How much do you uh, prepare for your interviews? I, I know you get questions from the board, but if you have, say, a Lance Storm on, do you sit down, write out questions, plot out the interview, or you just wing it?
1: Lance Storm is actually a bad example because I would just call him and we'd talk for an hour but that's just because he's been on so many times. Mm-hmm. But it really it depends on the guy. Like, I've never done any preparation whatsoever for Buddy Wayne. Mm. Same thing, I just call him and we talk for an hour. Dave, I usually just pull up the last two issues of the newsletter. I usually log onto the board and click on the pro wrestling area, just basically because I, I just want a list of topics, and then I just sort of go from there. A guy, you know, like Quentin Jackson is a good example. Never talked to the guy before in my life knew something about him, he'll, I'll, he'll, I'll research a guy like him for a while. I'll spend an hour going through his career thinking up different questions and that sort of thing. It, it really all depends on the person. Some people take a lot of preparation. Some people take no preparation at all. It really just uh, depends, a lot of different factors.
0: All right, and what new and exciting innovations can we expect from uh, F4W Online in the coming months? Innovations? Yeah. That's a question I cannot answer. Oh. I can't answer it because, you know, the
1: whole site since day one has just been constant innovation but without trying. It's just every now and then some different idea. I'll have a different idea and, and implement it. But I don't. the only real future plan that I have is I want to do more stuff with video. And I think we may be a year or two before we get into that just because of Internet issues and that sort of thing. But, you know, we've got we have one DVD that we want to put out, but there's just been so much stuff lately we haven't even, I haven't even been able to do the next, uh, I want to do the Pinnacle DVD, the commentary for that with Harry and, um, and uh, TJ Wilson, but we haven't had time to do that yet. We've got a, we've got a DVD we're working on that actually involves three silent films that Vince and I um, starred in, I guess you could say. And we want to put that together along with some matches and that sort of thing. But people have, People often say, you know, what about a webcam? What about some sort of video deal? I think that will probably be the next step, but we just have to figure out the issues because obviously those files are going to be very large. And, you know, but I think it would be fun to just, because the Brian and Vinny show is just like, it's like I said, it's just, it's being there when we just talk about wrestling and yell at each other for an hour. With a video camera, we could actually go places and do all sorts of wackiness, so... I sort of think that's where it'll probably go in the future.
0: Alright, last question about this. Uh, Have you ever thought of of abandoning the newsletter and just concentrating on the daily radio shows?
1: Actually, I I have... I'm not going to say I've considered it, because that's not the right word, but I have thought about it in the sense that I always think, why do I do this newsletter? (laughs) Because you know, I can do a daily radio show for an hour and an eight-page thread can be spawned from it. I write a newsletter and maybe it gets two pages after a week. And I look at the the download area and, I mean, we get more more people click on it than subscribe to the website, meaning probably almost everybody reads it and some people click on it a couple of times throughout the week. So people are reading it, but I think the thing that I realized a little while ago is there's something to be said for the amount of work that goes into creating this newsletter. Even if nobody read it, it would be worth it because my job is to sort of, I guess, be an expert, which is sort of a weird word to use because, you know what I mean? Mm. How do you call yourself a, a, there's really no wrestling experts except Dave Meltzer, but if you're going to attempt to be a wrestling expert, you know, I think that the work that goes into it, the researching stories, the talking to people, and really just the writing it down again, taking notes, and then writing it up in final form, all that stuff I think helps certain things stick with me. Whereas if I didn't do that, um, God knows with my memory, I would be just a hopeless, hopeless as far as trying to uh, – talk about this business and remember things and give analysis. So I, I think that just all the work that goes into it is worth it, even if really nobody reads it.
0: Ah, I see. Well, let's talk a little wrestling here. We're about a, a little over halfway through 2006, and it's been quite the year. What are your overall impressions of uh, 06? It has been the year of UFC, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> is, is the uh, best way
1: to. When I think in November I was doing an article or something like that, or maybe I was just talking to it with Dave or something, but we were talking about 2006, and the way I was looking at it was 2006 will be the year that WWE starts a decline. TNA... Whoa, are we still there? Oh, I'm still here. I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, TNA and UFC would would really start to uh, rise. I, I pictured kind of a downward trend for WWE, upward trend for the other two, and I think part of that was because we were making these predictions in, like, November, and that was a period where the Eddie Guerrero thing went down and WWE was exploiting, and I thought, God, this company is just, it's all downhill from here. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really end up that way, but, you know, their domestic business, things, things are down this year, but I think I predicted them to be farther down than they are. So they've done a better job holding steady than, than I probably would have figured. The UFC and TNA deal, TNA has just held steady. I mean, maybe things are getting a little bit better, maybe they're no longer losing money, but they certainly have not made up the 30 or $40 million that they've lost. But if anything, they've just leveled out, and if there is a rise, it's like a 1% grade or something tiny like that. UFC, I could not, I mean, in November, no way could I have predicted it would be as huge as it is today. No way. And, you know, from February on, it's just exploded, like nothing. Uh... I don't even think, like, during the war, things exploded this quickly. I mean, this is just huge. So it's the year of UFC. That's really the only way. And, and um, you know, I think that this past show was a setback, but I think it was a minor setback, if anything. And Dana White, he's hes certainly a different Dana White than he used to be in a lot of ways. And this is actually for the better. So I think UFC has got quite the future ahead of them.
0: Yeah, I was looking at the uh, Boston Globe on Monday, and there was a big spread on UFC, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, wow. I'm like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's like, this is really going places. Do you think it's going to stay at the level uh, the recent buy rates have been, or are we just peaking at the right time and things will level off slightly?
1: Well, I think, obviously, they hit a peak at this last show just because they had a string of four or five months where they had really big matches. And now, They've got a big match on the horizon, but it's potentially November. We don't even know for sure. But I think things are obviously going to... I mean, for sure, uh, the next show is not doing 750,000 buys or 600,000 buys or even 500. It it may do 350, would be my guess, just, you know, throwing out a number right now. But obviously, they hit a peak, and and it's not even so much they're going downhill. It's just, you know, they they hit a peak that was an aberration. Like, the last couple of months have been aberrations because of the dream match that they signed. It's not so much things were growing, and now they're falling off a cliff. It's more, things were always at a 350,000 level, I would say, and they've had a couple of super main events that have brought it above that level, but I, I would say the next show, 350, maybe three, and, you know, obviously another big peak for another aberration, which would be the uh, liddell Vanderlei fight. So that's the way I sort of see it right now.
0: Do you think TNA is ever going to go anywhere, do you think they're just going to stay at the level they are now? Is there anything... You know, if they if they push Samoa Joe properly, do you think that's going to help them get to another level, or are they just going to be where they're they're at now?
1: They've been at the same level for so long that I, I just—I
0: mean, right now I would just say no. Um,
1: I, I don't see anything that I go, you know, if they did this, it would really, it would really boost business. If they did this, it would really help turn things around. Samoa Joe's champion would be a positive, but I don't think it would make a difference above a 1-2. I mean, maybe going from a point 0.9 to a 1-1, maybe. But I don't even know if that would, you know, how long would that last? It's just, there's something about TNA where it's it's got a core group of fans and it just can't seem to attract any more. And it keeps doing the same things, which is not attracting new fans, and I don't see what they could do to change that. I mean, you would have to have a major, you'd have to have several major WWE names jumping ship and TNA getting a a longer show on a better network, and I just don't see any of those things happening.
0: Do you think they'll be around in five or ten years, or do you think Panda's going to come at a point where it's like this just? Well, isn't I mean, if turn they're off.
1: making if they're making a slight profit, you know, there's no reason that the plug should be pulled. They could just sort of float along for. It could always just be that number two group where guys. It could always be WWE light, and you know, making a little bit of money that way and and that sort of thing, and. You know, I don't see any reason to pull the plug or anything like that.
0: Okay. Who would you peg for the wrestler of the year so far? Because in the U.S. and Japan, I couldn't really think of a a good candidate.
1: I could not, off the top of my head, think of a candidate right now. Um, I don't know.
0: Maybe Mystico?
1: Maybe. Actually, you know what? If you look at the business in Mexico during that uh, Children's Day weekend... Mm -hmm. Uh, he would be as good a pick as any because he was headlining four shows and he's he's a guy that actually has made a major difference in uh, business. Like Arena Coliseo, when he's there, I mean, thousands and thousands of people show up extra that would not be there when he's not there. When he's not there, they can do 1,200. When he's there, they can do 5,000, and that's a huge difference. And he's, I'm trying to think of other guys that can make that big of an impact on business and there aren't a whole lot of them really. Maybe, I mean, you could maybe say Ray Jr. just because of what he's done for TV. I mean, without him, SmackDown's nothing. Hmm. But, I mean, it's not so much he's, he's boosting SmackDown. He's just keeping SmackDown from sinking, whereas Mystico actually boosts attendance. So, I don't know. He'd, he'd be as good a pick as any off the top of my head.
0: Do you think he would, um, I don't think a Mexican wrestler has ever won Wrestler of the Year. Do you think his visibility is too low to be a viable candidate, or...
1: It may be, but with more of the Lucha TV being available, that might change. Uh, you know, with, with Japanese wrestlers, a lot of people have to get tapes. With Mexico, if you want to watch Lucha, you just need to find, you know, flip through the channels. And, and most people, unless you've just got a very basic cable, most people can, can get some sort of Lucha programming. So it could be a visibility factor, but also, you know, when you have a year like this where there's no... There's no standout pick. I mean, you could have a ton of people that have never seen Mystico voting for 84 different people, and the real hardcores that have seen Mystico, he could get enough votes just from them to, to put him in. So I don't know, but I just I don't see anybody else really.
0: All right. Uh, you mentioned the Dragon Gate Six man from the uh, March ROH show. Is that still your, the best match you've seen this year? Oh, yeah. That's a question. I actually just watched that for the first time this afternoon. And was it ruined by all the hype? No, it wasn't. It was just, no, it actually completely wasn't. It was just, it was just fantastic. And I was freaking out as much in my uh, living room as is humanly possible because it was just so great. It's one of those weird things where it, it's just, it's proof that there's
1: no, a lot of people look for a right answer to what wrestling is, and there really is not one. It, it's really just whatever works. And that's a match that, I mean, it really, I shouldn't say it shouldn't work, but it's not really what you think of when you think of a five-star wrestling match. It's just a complete spot fest, insane moves, not a whole lot of psychology, but you just watch it and you realize, you know, that totally worked, and yeah. that was totally awesome, and yeah, I, I haven't seen anything at that level this year.
0: Do you think that's going to win the uh, match of the year? And At the this river? point,
1: I mean, you would need a fantastic match to beat that one.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, I, I love that match, and... It's just one of those matches where you give it five stars and it's just like, it, it should be more. That's as high as the thing goes. So, just hell of a match.
0: Yeah, I wanted to watch it again as soon as I was done with it. And uh, that's pretty high praise right there. And I actually couldn't. I had to get ready for the show. But I probably will watch it again tonight. So, and it's
1: one of those weird matches where you watch it for, for five or ten minutes and you're like, it ain't that good. Mm. I mean, it's good, but I mean, there's... Why are people calling this the best match? And by the time it's over, you're like, my God, that was just... Out of this world.
0: Yeah, not only did I want to watch it again, I sincerely wished I had been there for, for the match. And Yeah. Well, maybe someday. And uh, what do you think we can look forward to the rest of the year in the the wrestling world?
1: Oh, in the wrestling world. <laughs> uh, if you watch the TNA show from this past Thursday, just keep watching it. I think uh, you can just watch that for the next 24 weeks, and that's your TNA year. Yeah. UFC, I think... I mean, that's I'm more excited for UFC than anything else because I, it's like you never know what's going to happen, and mm. and it's a very exciting time to be a UFC fan. So I'm very high on UFC. WWE probably more of the same. They do have a couple of sort of interesting things like Hulk Hogan's coming back and that sort of thing, and Batista's coming back, and and you've also got guys out with uh, drug issues, and you've got the ECW thing. So. WWE is interesting to follow just because it's just so interesting. Not not so much you're going to be getting a whole bunch of great match or anything like that. It's just it will be an intriguing business to follow. But as far as, like, action, you know, your best bet's probably going to be uh, the big UFC shows and Ultimate Fighter 4, and UFC's got a lot of – I'm more excited about that, like I said, than anything else because there's, there's so much potential there for UFC that I don't see in the other groups.
0: All right. Well, that's all I had. I know you have to get going. We definitely want to thank you for being on. You probably have a lot to plug, so I'll let you get to it.
1: Really? I just want to plug F4WOnline.com. You can head over there. We've got daily news updates. And of course, it's a bad day to plug that because I've not done one yet. (laughs) I've had a million things to do. But I will say that we've got a very special guest on Figure 4 Daily on Friday. Mm -hmm. and It is a free show, so everybody's going to be able to listen to it. And I think everybody's going to be very happy. But it is... I will go as far as, I say, 110% locked that we will have this show. So that's going to be coming up on Friday, and a bunch of other stuff as well. Check that out F4WOnline.com. We've got free radio shows. We've got the newsletters, tons of stuff. If you enjoy it, we've got a subscription area as well if you want just more. But, uh, yeah, check it out,
0: F4WOnline.com. All right. I give F4WOnline a hearty thumbs up. I've been a Thank f- you very much. I'm going to have f- a link on the front page, too, for this radio show. So. Oh, good. Uh, I've been a subscriber well before there was any kind of web page, when all we had was a newsletter, and uh, and damn it, we loved it. But with all this new stuff, it's even bigger and better, and uh, it gets a seal of approval from me.
1: Well, I want to thank you, and I want to thank every everybody that is is a part of the Empire, whether it be people that are subscribing or just people that show up for free. I don't care. I just, I'm very thankful for everybody that has kept this thing alive for 11 years, and uh, I very much appreciate it. So thank you, everybody.
0: I like to think this show is kind of... Uh, if, if F4W Online is like the WWE, we're, we're like Puerto Rico, where there's like, you know, a, a tiny thread of connection. You know, you, sure. may see, you may see some crossover, very rarely. Exactly. exactly. So there you go. I'm going to put that in a T-shirt. Well, uh, anyway, I want to thank everyone for listening. We have a full archive of shows up at TheCubsFan.com, including the Vince High Show. I think every show is listed on the front page with guests and uh, subject matter. So if you like what you hear, please tell your friends. My thanks again to Brian Alvarez. Brian, do you have any final words? Thank you. Thank you. All right. And thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll talk to you. I'll have a show at some point with someone uh, soon, and I'll talk to you then.